And now, a few minutes with two of my friends who will soon be yours, the techie and the cowboy. It's time for another episode of the techie and the cowboy. My name is Alistair Hunt, the techie. And this is T.W. Lawrence, a.k.a. the cowboy. So for today's topic, it should be get very interesting because we're talking about social media addiction. What would you do to be able to get attention? So let's start off by asking you, TW, what are you willing to do in order to get attention? Uh, the short answer is absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I, when it comes to social media, I really could care less. I mean, I don't go out of my way to offend anybody when I put stuff on uh, social media. And I know that you have tried to coach me on if you want to market your book and everything else, you should be doing step one, step two, step three. It's not ingrained in me. I have trouble making myself do those steps, let alone uh, try to do the new dance routine on TikTok or whatever. <laughs> it's interesting that you say that because I think it's a, a difference in personality type, but also I think it's also a generational gap difference too, right? Like you grew up in an era where there wasn't social media and the only time it is that you really got to impress other people is whenever you were at school with people or whenever you were in college or you actually had some, you know, military experience too. So, you know, you were just in, among your group of people. Now these people are, have access to the whole entire world. So the whole entire world can judge them. The whole entire world can give them instant feedback and their circle of friends, quote unquote friends, may not just be the people that they see, but also people that they never met before. Yes, which is kind of a difficult concept to me. You know, I could I could post something and have 1.4 million likes, followers, whatever. How many of those people am I going to meet with, have coffee with, have a conversation with? But chances are small. So in my way of limited thinking, they really don't exist. They might as well be robots for all that does. Now, if 1.4 million people buy my book, then I'll be impressed. <laughs> and today, in today's world, it's just as important for those 1.4 million followers that these people have to be able to quote unquote like them as it is for them to, you know, actually have the best followers. But with that being said, let's jump into this intro and then we'll get deeper into this conversation. So now that we're back, let's get to the heart of this. Okay. Um, there's an actual thing called social media addiction. And I think it kind of, I didn't know it was even a, a thing, like an official thing. I've heard of it before. I've heard the buzz term before, but I didn't know that this is actually a clinical behavior. So I was looking on the addiction center uh, website, which talks to help you be able to find rehab for gambling and for alcoholism or drug addiction and everything else. And they have a whole section dedicated to social media addiction. So if you feel like after listening to this podcast that this may be something affecting you, theaddictioncenter.com is the website. And I suggest that you go take a look at that and maybe see if it is that you need to be able to get some help with this. But people don't take it seriously. They just think it is that they really like to be on TikTok or they really like to be on Facebook or they really like to be on Instagram. But let me go through what it is that they say that social media addiction is. Uh, so that way it is that it kind of sets the parameters for this conversation, right? So social media addiction is a behavioral addiction that's characterized by being overly concerned about social media, driven by an uncontrollable urge to log on or use social media, and devoting so much time and effort to social media that it impairs other important parts of their life. 
Now, here's the thing that got me. It says addictive social media use will look much like that of any other substance disorder, including mood modification. In other words, uh, social media leads to a favorable change in emotional states, uh, you know, emotional preoccupation with it, tolerance, withdrawal symptoms, like experience unpleasant physical emotional symptoms whenever social media use is restricted or stopped, conflict, relapse. But the key thing is that it, it triggers the same areas of the brain as cocaine addiction or alcoholism or whatever else, because those pleasure centers are fired off every time it is that you get a like or you get somebody that makes a positive. But on the opposite side, you're overly concerned when somebody says something negative or mean about you, or you put up a post and you don't get likes and you don't get comments, you don't get follows. People actually get depressed over this type of stuff. This is some serious stuff, right? Right. I can see this being very akin with the same electronic type devices as people, both males and females, apparently now, who watch porn on yep. these devices. It's, you know, I need, I need to do it. I need to see it. I spend hours to the detriment of my family, whatever, whatever. To me, it's, it's the same thing. Or the using the same devices to do gambling. And it's funny because whenever you're in social environments now, you'll look and almost everybody's on their phone. I love sitting if, if a, a restaurant has two different levels. I love seeing on the upper level and looking over the balcony or whatever else you can look down and there'll be groups of friends and there'll be groups of people and there'll be family members and all of the family members are sitting there looking at their phones instead of having conversations with each other. As a matter of fact, one of the, my favorite instances of this is there's this group that came in because Wendy and I are people watchers. We love watching people, right? And there's this group that came in and obviously with some kind of reunion, they hadn't seen each other in a long time by the hugs and everything else like that and so on and so forth. So for the first 10 minutes, I give it five, maybe 10 minutes. They were like catching up and everything else like that. And then as soon as the conversation started to run out, it was awkward, everybody went to their phones. So you haven't seen these people in however many years, let's just call it 10 years, let's say it was a 10 year class reunion. You haven't seen these people in 10 years, but you can't get more than five or 10 minutes of conversation in before you go to your phone. And what's going on there is more important than the people around you that you haven't seen in a long time. Well, <laughs> an interesting thing happened on, uh, on Sunday, which they were doing some kind of renovations to part of the church. So they shut down one of the venues. So they combined the services of the traditional, i.e. the older people and the modern, the younger people. So they were all in the sanctuary where the traditional service was. And so everybody's in there elbow to elbow. And now so many people follow along when they're reading verses of the Bible, they'll read it on an app on their phone, because they'll say, whether you brought your Bible or you have the app, will be at book so-and-so, so-and-so. And so the lady sitting in front of me, because we're close enough I could watch her, younger person, <clears throat> was following along. And I thought, okay, so she's one of those people that uh, uses a, a Bible app. And then I saw her thumbs flying. And I'd see that she'd flipped over and she was <laughs> responding to uh, messages of some kind. I thought, oh, wow, she was reading and she got a text from Moses, so she's responding back to him. Uh, but you're right; she couldn't go the whole service without, you know, doing uh, some kind of interaction with somebody else on a device. That's part of that addiction. One of the things I teach my coaches to be able to do, if it is that they really want to be able to focus on the task at hand, and I teach a lot of guys this whenever I'm teaching balance of life, is to turn the notifications on your phone off. Either put it on vibrate, but vibrate is still. Um, 
dangerous as well because it's still you're triggering it. It's the whole was it Pavlov's dogs rule? The right. what is it called? Where it is that you're trained after a while to be able to do something when the bell goes off. He trained the dogs that when the bell goes off, then it's time to eat. You start salivating, yeah. Yeah, whether they whether they're hungry or not, it's the same thing that happens with the notification ding on your phone. You're you're addicted, and you want to be able to go look at the phone, so you can't help but not look at the phone every time it is that it dings. Right? And you know what what uh, has made this even worse? It's it's at first it was subtle, and now not so much. It's those people that have the the watches that read it. You'll be having a conversation when all of a sudden. You're like, you're not interested in what time it is. You just want to see who sent you something. <laughs> it's, it's the subtle way of being able to, uh, you know, do it without having to bring out your phone uh, yeah. as to be able to have the watches, which is why I love gadgets. I love technology, but I refuse to get a smartwatch because I know my addiction centers. And that would be my addiction too, would be to constantly be checking the phone. I had to break myself. And, and the reason why I teach my coaches this, because it's something that I had to break myself of as well. When the vibration goes off, I immediately take out my phone and look at it. It was just a habit until I noticed that I was doing this and had to consciously break the habit. And it's just so freeing not to be able to do that now, to know that whoever it is, if I'm focused on talking to somebody, I'm focused on them. Whoever it is that's messaging me, unless it is that's my wife who has a different ring or vibration, right? And, and she's doing it back to back. And I know it might be an emergency. Outside of that, it's, it feels so good to be able to focus on who it is that you're talking to and focus on what it is that you're currently doing without having to worry about the distractions of getting on social media. Plus, it's just extremely rude to be able to pull out your phone when you're in the middle of talking to somebody or interrupt because you're telling the person that, or that you're dealing with, and this includes your kids, that you're not as important as what's going on on my device subconsciously. It may not even be a conscious thing for them, but in them, they just fell in the priority in your life lower than whatever is all going on on the phone or social media or the person that posted the cat or the dog pig. Or I have kid. recently made one exception to that because I pretty much, I, I don't like it when I'm having a conversation, particularly in this one set of meetings I have where I get up early, earlier than I ordinarily would. Then to have some guy checking his phone and go like, dude, I got up. You focus on me here, not your, your stuff. Is that recently I was expecting a phone call from my doctor's office to schedule an important meeting that we were going to have. But I told the person, if I get this phone call, I'm going to take it. That's the key. You you actually prefaced it and you let them know what's going to happen. I'm just talking about the people who just look at their phone constantly. No, I, I understand. Time. But and yeah. I had it, I had it turned down low, but I all my I had this doctor's office had its own ringtone. Yeah. And I recognized so when it came out, I said, excuse me, this is that phone call. And I got up and I walked away from the table. I didn't just sit there and you know play with it. What cracks me up is you're talking about at dinner is to have a young couple, whether they were just married or they're out on a date and both of them sitting at a table looking down at their respective phones. Oh yeah, all the time, all the why, time. Why did, why did you even get together? Yeah, because that's what it is that their relationship has been to. Awkward silence, awkward situations now have a way to be able to fill that gap. And that's to be able to look at your phones. It's okay. also their way of having to deal with uh, important issues. Is now I can look at my phone or I can pretend like there's something that's interesting here and I don't have to deal with all the awkward conversations that need to be had and all the things that need to be said between us. I'm always used to the kids being around. So we go on a date night, we finally have it together, but we haven't been together for so long that we don't know how to be together. So we'd rather go look at our phones instead because there's comfort and what it is that you know versus having to deal with those awkwardness, right? But, but I'm. But you have to remember that I come from that uh, world and that experience where 
I begrudged when they went from ballroom dancing to doing the twist in dances <laughs> like that. Because, because when you were ballroom dancing, you had your arms around the woman of your dreams, not looking at her from a distance of three feet and gyrating around. What was the point? You know, I could just do jumping jacks by myself and get the same thrill. But, you know, that's where the personality types come in as well, right? Like there were some people that were like, I don't want to learn the one, two, three, one, two, three steps of Mario dancing. Let me go out there and, and have a blast and be wild. So I guess it's just personal preference. Yeah, no, 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 no. The whole, well. the, whole object, the whole object was to. Opportunist. There's opportunist. He said, <laughs> Give me the opportunity. I love it. That's it. So how does this all tie into what we talked about? What are you willing to do to get attention? Because it proves that with all this being said, with social media addiction, with the readily available of social media, TikTok and Instagram and Facebook, that people are doing more and more things that are outside of their character in order to be able to get attention, but not only to get attention, to be able to keep attention. You get all those followers, you have to be able to keep those followers. I was telling you, TW, off camera, we were talking about, I just read an article on the Insider, right, of this girl who made up some TikTok dance by accident. It was, it's like a, a glitch dance or something like that. And it wasn't even intentional, but somehow it caught on and became a trend. And now she has 1.4 million followers on TikTok, probably more since it is the article was written, right? All these celebrities and major TikTok influencers are now trying to duplicate her dance. But by the time it is, I made it to her TikTok just to see what it was. The stuff that she was doing on TikTok had nothing to do with the dance. She was just doing stuff to try and get people to, to keep those followers happy. You got to keep those 1.4 million interchained uh, in order to be able to keep those followers, right? So all the stuff that she was doing on her TikTok feed was just everyday stuff. Like she was trying on clothes from Target and she was trying all this different stuff was just to be able to keep those people entertained, which led me to the, what are you willing to do? in order to be able to not only get attention, but keep attention too. Right. So it kind of begs the question, why am I seeking attention? Why do I need attention? What is missing from my life that I'm trying to compensate with by getting attention of people I don't know and I will never see? And this is what concerns me as a parent, because, you know, having a 21-year-old, an 18-year-old, an 11-year-old, having, you know, three kids that have grown up in the era of social media, two of which that are very active, the older two that are very active on social media, 11-year-old, we don't allow on social media yet, right? But uh, the, the two that are very active on social media, then it's the same thing. It's like, so what are you trying to be able to accomplish in your life by being worried about what is going on on social media all the time? Now, in our house, we have a rule where until 14, you don't actually are allowed to get onto social media. So it's not even like they were around it their whole entire lives, but the culture, the culture and among their friends and the culture among everybody it is that they associate with is let's look on social media to see what it is that's going on. What's the latest trends and everything else. And that's all they talk about inside of their circles. I've been around them. All they talk about is, have you seen this video and they're sharing clips and everything else like that. And what this influencer is doing, what the influencers are doing. So I'm thinking that we're perpetuating a culture that's becoming more and more addicted to social media and what other people think. I don't understand the, the whole concept of influencer. What, what does that even mean? And why do they get to be influencers? Oh man, that term is, has adjusted so much as well. Influencer basically means you have a whole bunch of people that are following you and looking to you to be able to find the next trend. You know, it started off with, well, it started off a long time ago. I mean, when you had reality TV shows and everything else like that, but there's always been people, celebrities that were in the spotlight that people tried to do their trend 
after, right? Even back in the days of, I remember the TV show Dallas and JW and everything else like that. And there was people that would mimic the people who it is that are in the spotlight and movie stars and try and dress and be like those people. So influencers have been around way before social media. They were just in different forms than they are now. But now here's what you have. You have a person who can start a social media account, do something, get their five minutes of fame, and then all of a sudden take that and become something that people were actually using to be able to mimic. And now brands want to be able to get that influencer, quote unquote influencer, to be able to use their stuff because they know their followers will do and use whatever it is that they are. And that's how it is that the Kardashians have built an empire off of just being the Kardashians. Like when they started, they built an empire off of just, you know, being who it is that they are and nothing else besides creating a whole bunch of drama and having a whole bunch of people follow who it is their drama. And they built now uh, a brand empire off of that. So, I mean, this, that's what influencer is nowadays. Now, everybody wants to call themselves an influencer if they have a whole bunch of followers. I don't believe from a marketing background, I don't believe it's the fact that you have a bunch of followers. I think it's the fact that you actually can get your followers to be able to do what it is that you do and get brands to be able to pay you to be able to have access to your followers. That's what it is that I look at as an influencer on social media, whether good or bad. Okay. The only real influencer I have in my life that is basically internet-based would be you because I'm always asking you for advice. <laughs> well, Did it's nice to know to... I'm an influencer to somebody. I don't know if I'd be an influencer <laughs> as far as social media would go. I don't you know, know if I have enough followers you, to be able you know, to Which app do you use? What about this device? What program do you use to do... Can... So you are an influencer. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And one of the companies that I actually am associated with called me up and said, you know, you have a lot of people inside of our company that follow you. So therefore it is that we're very interested in what it is that you're doing on social media. So I guess in that aspect, then, you know, maybe it is, I am an influencer, but I think there's a responsibility that comes with that, right? Like, what are you doing to be able to, to guide the people who it is that follow you to do the right thing? Like Rosario says, it's one of my hashtags, right? And I've had that that hashtag for at least, I don't even know, six, seven years. And that's all motivational quotes and positivity. So I tend to, if I am an influencer, I try and encourage and influence my, whoever is following the hashtag or following me to be able to be better people. I try and encourage guys to be able to, to focus on their balance of life, right? If you're doing something positive with that, then I have no problem with it. If the problem is, is whenever it is that you're leading people down the wrong direction, because it is that you're influencer just to be able to get attention. So you're willing to violate your morals and values just to be able to get that, to make your uh, followers go up, just be able to get those likes, just to be able to get feedback. And I think some people get lost in that. Like they're so trying to, they're, they're themselves at the very beginning and that's what it is that they are known for. And then all of a sudden they start trying to go outside of who they are just to be able to keep that up. And that's where I think it becomes a problem. All right. So what would you advise me, since you're sort of my social media coach, what would you advise me as a healthy way to get noticed? To continue to be you, because you have the ability right now, one of the things that I admire about you is you have the ability, well, first of all, there's two different things. There's a difference between getting noticed and being the center of attention, right? Somebody who's addicted to being center of attention, they're going to do whatever it takes to be the center of attention, whether it's good or bad. 
But there's certain people who it is that just know how it is to be able to build relationships with people that is that they don't know and how it is to be able to get noticed without trying. And you have a knack for that. Like you could sit at a room full of, or go walk into a room full of strangers. And by the time it is that you leave, you'll know at least a few people in there that have say, man, that TW is a great guy, right? Just because it is that you took the time to listen to them and have conversations with them and find a way to be able to relate with them on what it is that they like. And then people think that you're a good person, right? Or you have some people who it is that don't get your humor and some people who it is that, that you know, whatever else and, it, and it, they'll be like, man, that's GW, he's a different guy, right? But never that he's a bad guy. It's just, they either choose to be able to mess with you or not. So I don't think you have to do anything in order to be able to get attention. I think you could just continue to be you. But what about those introverted people who it is that have a hard time in big groups and have a hard time, uh, you know, relating with people outside of the people that they know, you know, do they, how does that they avoid falling into the trap of just doing stuff for attention on social media because they don't have that experience that you have? Well, I can tell you about the, the answer. My answer to that question is a guy whose name was Chuck, who was a friend of this guy named Alan. And I met Alan on the plane flying to Colorado to a, a, a ski trip. I didn't know this guy. We were both from Atlanta. Anyway, we said, oh, what kind of skier are you? We, we were pretty close. So Alan and I skied together. And then the next day, this Chuck guy joined him who was a work with him or something like that. Anyway, Chuck was a real introvert and both Alan and I were not so. And so, and so he, uh, he took an interest in, in one of the girls and goes, gosh, she's really pretty nice. Well, go talk to her. He, he wouldn't do it. Yeah, why not? Because well, what if she doesn't like me? What if it, it's with us. I, I finally said to him, look, at the end of this week, you're going back to wherever he was from. I guess he was from Atlanta. Um, you're going back to Atlanta. She's going back to Timbuktu. You'll never see each other again. So what difference does it make? You know, you're here. It's like being on the same boat together on a cruise. After the cruise is over, chances are you won't see each other unless you make some plans to do that. So where's the risk of embarrassment? It'll go away. You won't have to be reminded that she turned you down. It's not like you were in high school or college and people are running into the same people. So where's the risk? Because in their mind, they're going to replay over and over again. If she rejects them, that rejection, and they're going to take it as there's something wrong with me, right? Oh, your, well. your personality type is like, just let it roll off your back. It's not a big deal. Their personality type is, I'm going to run that in my that tape in my head over and over again and use that rejection and never talk to women ever again. Right? It's just a different personality type, right? Uh, on what it is that you're willing to be able to do. But using that as an example, so that introverted person takes your advice and goes and the person actually opens up to them. And then they start doing that over and over again. And then they get on social media and all of a sudden they post a viral video like this girl who it is that, that posted a viral video that accidentally goes viral. And they now they're getting all of this intention. Now I've heard this, this before in several different places. A lot of introverted people, they actually get charged up by going home and being by themselves. And they rather just sit and watch movies all day and read a book and that charges them up. And then when they go into public, that actually drains them, right? There's a lot of very, very popular personality types that are on TV and everything else like that are really introverts. And after they go on tour and they go singing and whatever else, they have to spend like a week at home recharging in order to be able to do that over and over again because they're drained by the time they get home. Opposite personality type, extrovert, gets charged up by being out there in the mix. They don't like being at home. That actually drains them. 
So if they marry introvert, they're willing to be able to sit and watch movies with you and, and things that are one-on-one, as long as you're willing to go dancing with them later, or as long as it is you're willing to be able to do stuff out there that will charge their batteries. So introvert now gets on social media and now gets all of this attention that they may or may not want, but they have to keep the social media following going because now they're an influencer. So they're more willing to be able to do stuff that's outside their personality type because everything that they're doing is outside their personality type. And I think that that's where they start to fall into a rabbit hole. I think that an answer, not the answer, an answer to that is to, is to find out what is one thing that you find both interesting and desirable. Mm. For me personally, it's to find a new story or a new fact, factoid, that I didn't know that is of some interest that I can see being applicable to that part of my life, particularly my writing part of my life. I said, oh, that'd be an interesting thing to, to put into a story. And I do believe that if you have a long enough conversation with any other person, you will find that fact, or you will find out that you have something in common or know somebody in common that you didn't know, like, you know, so-and-so really boom, or you grew up in my hometown or you went to the same college I did or something like that. But if you talk to a person long enough, you'll, you'll find something that genuinely has interested you and satisfies you in that way. I think it's called six degrees of separation or, or something okay. like that, right? Is yeah, that seven, talk- seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah. Seven degrees of Kevin Bacon is the, is kind of the playoff of it. But six degrees of separation uh, was a, a movie. And it's, it says that if you talk to somebody long enough, there's somewhere, someplace that your lives have overlapped at some point. And that's part of building relationships. My whole thing is, and my whole, I don't know if you would call it solution, but my thing is that I always, and my dad taught me this, right? is always stay true to yourself. You have a set list of morals in your life that you will not bend from, right? So there's certain things that I will and will not do just because I think that personally, that these things are ways that you should be able to live. There's certain ethics and morals inside of my life and inside of these ethics and morals, and we didn't even do a podcast about this, right? right. <laughs> um, but certainly among these ethics and morals, I will not bend or flex these for anybody or anything. Now, of course, you know, it's easy to be able to say that, but at least so you can bring it back to this. So if I'm about to post something or I'm about to do something on social media, and I know if I get that little tingling in the back of my, my neck that says that this is not right or this might not be right or might offend somebody, I just don't do it. I choose not to do it. Whether it is that my followers are, are going to like it or not or are looking or expecting it or not. The fact is that I'm standing firm on what it is that I believe and being true to myself and being myself. And if I could do that, I think that kind of keeps you in that safe spot. Yeah, that's true. All right. With that being said, then we always love to hear feedback on this. You know, what is it that you're willing to do in order to be able to get attention? Do you feel like it is that you have done stuff on social media or that you're doing stuff on social media where it is that you're doing it because you feel like you have to, because you have a whole bunch of followers or whatever else? We love getting interaction and feedback. We don't pretend to have all the answers to anything. All we're doing is we're two guys having discussions about things that people normally don't talk about. So let's talk about them, right? So reach out to us on our Instagram, reach out to us on our Facebook page. Uh, Always welcome to get emails so we get feedback from you guys. And that's what tells us 
what it is to be able to keep doing episodes. With that being said, my name is Alistair, a.k.a. The Techie. And this is T.W. Lawrence, a.k.a. The Cowboy. (laughs) And we're out. Let's go ahead and kick that outro. That's it for this episode. Join us again next time for The Techie and The Cowboy. Hit us up on our website, thetechieandthecowboy.com. Let us know what y'all think. Oh,